We know that all across America, and we've celebrated in lots of different ways over the years, the big game day, Super Sunday, amen? So uh, can I give you a couple of statistics before we get into some of the message and some testimonies? I'm really excited because uh, this year we're able to hook up with some other churches that have provided interviews of the NFL players. Now, I know, I know. The NFL hasn't gotten a good rap this last year. Lots of, you know, some of the bad, some of the things that the guys do are stupid, right? And so lots of folks have boycotted, which I I think is great. Um, But there's still a lot of folks who are going to watch the game. Sometimes people just watch the game for the commercials, you know. I was asking my son this morning, I said, who do you think is going to win today? And he said, well, I kind of think the Patriots are going to do it. And uh, I'm hoping for the Eagles myself. And he said, but at least the commercials will be good. So usually there's some humor in the commercials. And so get up and get snacks during the game and sit down and watch the commercials and do it a little opposite this year. But uh, anyway, they say that Super Bowl fans are expected to consume 1.33 billion chicken wings today. Did you know there's a National Chicken Council? According to the National Chicken Council's annual report, that's 166.25 million pounds of chicken wings. Holy moly's. That's 300 times the combined weight of all 32 NFL teams. I knew you wanted to know that. That's some great fun statistics. Like, who thinks up these things anyway? Pizza. Domino's Pizza says that the Super Bowl is the third biggest day for pizza sales. Halloween is the first. New Year's Eve is the second. And then the Super Bowl Sunday is the next. They sell 11 million slices of pizza on Super Bowl Sunday. It's a 350% jump over all the Sundays of the year, 350%. That's, that's pretty wild. Okay, now, if you've bought snacks, let me just kind of give you what you were a part of today. And maybe you can say, that was me. You, t- you know, you do your part. Who, who bought potato chips? Anybody buy chips? All right. $227 million were spent on potato chips. That's a lot of potato chips. $13 million on vegetable trays. Yay for vegetable trays. Who's going for the vegetable? This is still early in the year for our New Year's resolutions and eating good and healthy. $13 million on vegetable trays. $10 million on deli dips. $89 million on popcorn. $89 million. $58 million on deli sandwiches. All right. Now, listen, I know there's a lot of folks who don't want to watch the game. So I've got an alternative for you. In my research, I found that at 6.10 p.m. tonight, Animal Planet's kickoff of the Puppy Bowl (laughs) returns. It's the 14th Puppy Bowl. And not to be missed, at 10.14, the Pup Triot's against the Beagles are playing. So you're not going to want to miss that. All right. You know, as I watched that again, I've I've seen it a number of times over the last few days, and it just, uh, I I love the perspective. And, you know, we don't always get that from the media, do we? 
Um, I know when they're interviewing some of these guys on national television after the AFC champs and, and all the different games, uh, the guys that are Christian and do give glory to God, a lot of times the media is trying to you know steer it away from that and, and, and talk about other things. But I love the passion. I love the way that they they know that their relationship with God is first and the game is second. Even in this huge career breakthrough for many of them, um, you can just see their love for God. And I also appreciate their determination to win. Um, their goal, they had their eyes set on a, on a plan. When they, when they worked out, when they practiced, uh, whatever they were doing, it, it all comes to that day or today for them as they're getting ready to play uh, in the, the biggest game of the year uh, concerning football. So we know it's only a game. We know that, you know, after the parade on Monday or Tuesday when the winning team returns back home, uh, people are going to go back to their basically normal lives and, and uh, you know, we'll move on from this big deal to other things of life because we know life is, is much more important. But there's something about when you look at these teams and the, 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 the work that they put in, the purpose that they have, the understanding that they move towards, um, it, it causes us at times, I think, to ask what our dreams are. It should cause us at times to ask us, and not just the big game, but in life in general, we need to stop every once in a while, and we've talked about that through the beginning of the year as we've had our 21-day challenge and have taken time to see what God's work is doing in us as a, as a man or a woman of God, what God's work can do through us as individuals, and then what God's work can do in and through us as a church. So there's times that we need to stop. There's times that we need to pause, and, and there's times that we need to say, Lord, what are your dreams for my life? What are your plans for my life? What are your purposes for my life? Because because these guys have found some of their purpose. I mean, playing football is not the only purpose in life. You'll get to hear a little bit more of some testimonies of them um, uh, in just a few more moments. But a lot of these guys have used the platform that they have to do good in the world through their relationship with Christ pointing people to Christ and, and, and helping folks to know that. So I think we should look at our lives from time to time and say, well, what are our goals in life? What moves us? What propels us through the day? Are you a type of person that says, well, I'm just trying to make it through the day. I'm just going from day to day to day, and that's just what my life is. Do you find yourself kind of aimless? Do you find yourself bouncing around each day with, with no real clear goals in life and, and no real direction? Well, Paul, we're going to read some scriptures from Paul in just a few moments, but Paul was goal-oriented. Um, when Paul writes, and we're going to see a video in a moment and then read some scripture from Paul, uh, he was watching the Olympic Games back in Greece, way, way, way back when the Olympic Games started. Now, Paul was not an Olympic athlete. Most of us are not Olympic athletes. Most of us are not NFL players. I guess if we were, we'd be somewhere else today. Um, but Paul wrote to the Philippians, and he used the athletic events, and he used uh, the things that were happening of that day to help point people to an understanding of their relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. 
he helped point them through athletics. He helped point them referring to uh, fighting the good fight. We'll talk about that in a little bit and, and standing and some of those conflicts that, that we saw in Olympics and some of the competitions. He pictured and showed us by the Spirit of God uh, how that relates at times to our spiritual life. That sometimes there's conflict, that sometimes there's, there's circumstances and situations that may come against us that we need to learn to stand upon the Word of God and grab a hold of that Word. And so we'll, we'll see some of those things about how we can do that right after we watch this video that these guys, now some of these guys are going to talk about seeking in their heart to seek the kingdom of God. Let's watch this. Philippians chapter 3, we're going to read verse 12, 13, and 14 together. And uh, if you have the Version app of your uh, Bible on your phone or your tablet, you can follow along with some notes and scriptures there this morning as well. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Paul said, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Now I know maybe right here sometimes, sometimes folks want to check out. <laughs> They say, well, that's it. I, I'm not going to be perfect. I can't be perfect. We, we know our shortcomings. We know our failures. We know how we've missed it. We know how we've made mistakes. Uh, but Paul's not talking about living a flawless life. He's not talking about being perfect in the sense that we think of that word perfect today in English. The word perfection in the Greek meant mature. So he's talking about being mature. And, and he's saying he doesn't even think of himself as having attained the maturity that he felt like he should attain. I think sometimes being mature is recognizing that we can still grow and become more mature. That's part of maturity in understanding our place and our relationship with God. So don't check out on the perfection part by saying, well, I just throw in the towel because there's no way I'm going to be perfect. No, he's not talking about that kind of perfection. He's talking about maturing, growing, developing. Okay. So then he says, but I press on to possess that perfection or maturity for which Christ Jesus has possessed me. Now, no, dear brothers and sisters, I do, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Now, Here's what we study and understand after we get the, the grasp of maturity, so he's not talking about us being perfect, but he talks about two vital truths. He says we need to forget and we need to press on. There's, there's a heavenly goal, right? Isn't that what he says in verse 14? I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. We know that the ultimate goal for the Christian, for the believer in Christ, is heaven. We know that someday when we leave this earth, we're going to stand before God. And, and if we've made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life, we'll stay in His presence for all of eternity. 
If we reject him, we spend eternity in hell separated from him. That's not his plan. That's not his purpose. But that's the ultimate prize. I press toward the prize. The ultimate prize is seeing Jesus Christ face to face. The ultimate prize is being in heaven for all of eternity. But we also understand that there's some things that we can do here on earth that affect others and the ultimate prize. Because our life, as we saw these these, these football players uh, talking about the way that God worked in their life, talking about a platform for their life, talking about what they can use their life here on earth to help benefit others. Some of them have shared in other videos on missions trips that they've gone on to. Some have shared different things about uh, helping bring water and filters and some of the things we're involved in as a church where they're touching other lives. They're using their life to point folks to Christ. And so that begins to challenge us because Paul said, I forget the past, but I look forward. And so the English Standard Version of the Bible says this note about this passage of Scripture that Paul is writing here. And he says, Paul, it says, Paul emphasizes the need for progress in Christian living, presenting himself as one who continually reaches ahead to see God's kingdom expanded. So I think there's times in our lives when when we're having to refocus. There's times in our life when we should be saying, okay, here's the ultimate goal. Heaven is the ultimate goal. But what are we doing on earth to affect heaven's expansion? And we've talked about it over the last few weeks. And hopefully if you've missed any of the the 21-day challenge, if you missed Doug Jones last week, I encourage you, go to the website, download, listen to for free, Uh, go to our bookstore if you need to, uh, to get the CDs, to get the messages. But I encourage you, go back over those because as we've studied what God can do in us and through us and in us and through us as a church, it's helping us to refocus. And I think seeing these testimonies of these guys just help kind of drive another nail, so to speak, drive another uh, stake in the ground, so to speak, to help us go, okay, in the busyness of life, what is my part in life? How am I progressing? How am I reaching ahead to see God's kingdom expanded? Uh, the word goal, when it talks about I press towards the goal or the prize of the high calling of Christ Jesus, it talked about Paul's life being purposeful. Is your life purposeful? Are you living your life for the kingdom of God, understanding that someday we'll stand before him and he's going to say, why should I let you into heaven? And our first, of course, response needs to be because of our faith in Christ. But then he's going to say, what did you do with your life for my kingdom? Because if Jesus gave his all for us, what more should we do for him? And while we're on this earth, while we're breathing, doesn't matter how young, doesn't matter how old, while we're here, we can affect others. Amen. So Paul says, but in order to do that, he says, we, we've got to forget some of the things of the past. 
We've got to reach forward, that, that pressing forward in our relationship with Him. I like what one of the guys talked about. God uh, pursues us, but He also waits for us to pursue Him. He, he watches us uh, to pursue Him, to, to turn our hearts to Him, and to, 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 to look to Him for our life and our sustenance. Are we doing that? Uh, the whole purpose of the 21-day challenge was to set aside television and to set aside maybe some things that were distractions in our life and just spend a few more moments a day. If you fasted a meal instead of cooking and eating, spend time reading and praying. Uh, if you, you decided to fast television, uh, spend that time in the presence of God. Because in His presence, He makes those things clear. In His presence, we begin to see who He really is and what He's done for us in accomplishing uh, Jesus coming to this earth to move us from an aimless life to a purposeful life. Now, the, the forgetting of the things of the past, I think, go both ways. You know, Paul said, forget the things of the past. Well, there's, there's two things we need to forget. Sometimes we need to forget our failures, don't we? There's a lot of times people are letting the failures of the past guide and direct the future of their life. God says, no, 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 no. You, you need to forget the things of the past. And there's also a thing of forgetting all of the glorious things now we know that we're to remember and give god praise for victories and 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 that but we don't rest on those and say oh well i i've i've arrived i've achieved i I, i'm going to just coast from here on out i heard somebody else one time say something about coasting and the the, the thing about coasting is you're on a downward track because you're not coasting anywhere if you're going up you're going down to coast. So there, there, there's a pressing on, there's a moving forward, there's a moving ahead. So how do we do that? We, we don't just rest on the past victories, but we say, okay, Lord, that was wonderful. Thank you so much. But what else is there? As I pursue you, as I follow after you. Now, I like what, what, what the, 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 came across from these guys is that they are Christians first and NFL football players. Does that make sense? Um, When you think about your life, your life is that you're a Christian and a teacher. You're, You're a Christian who is a teacher. Let me say it that way. You're not just an employee of a company who happens to be a Christian. You're a Christian who is an employee. You're not just a retiree who happens to be a Christian. You're a Christian who happens to be retired. Does that make sense? So we're first Christians. That's our highest calling, is understanding that we're sons and daughters of God. Now, in, in order to take that platform, now granted, these guys, because of their job playing football, their career, uh, their platform is a little bigger than ours might be because of where they go and because of the people that they meet, because of some of the finances that they have coming their way. Their platform is different. But how many of you know we each have a platform? We each have a platform. 
there's there's a platform, there's a sphere of influence that each and every one of us can have in touching the life of someone else. And when we pursue Him, and, and, and this is crucial for us right here, and the first thing of, uh, of our pursuing God is knowing whose you are. Know who you belong to. I guarantee there's no confusion in the locker room today as to which team these guys are playing for. There's no confusion as to who owns the team. There's no confusion as to who's the the coaches of the team. There's no confusion as to whose they are because they know they've got those jerseys. They know their purpose. They've been playing for however many years on the same team. I don't know know their status that way, but they know whose they are. They know who they belong to today as an NFL team and player, right? Well, do you know who you belong to? Do you know whose you are? Because in order to understand our place, in order to understand our influence, we have to first and foremost know whose we are. I love the Bible scripture in Romans chapter 8, verse 31 that says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Isn't that good? If God is for us, and you can put in there, because some translations do, since God is for us, who could ever be against us? He gave us Jesus so we could live, so we could know him. In Acts chapter 27, verse 23, Paul said, For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Isn't that good? Do you know whom you belong to today? Do you know whom you serve? That's what brought Paul this storm. The boat was about to sink. It was in a t- they, they had given up hope of life. And an angel appeared and, and, and spoke to him. And Paul described himself this way. The God to whom I belong and whom I serve said, Don't be afraid. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, For I believe God that it shall be just as it was told me. So you have to know him and then you have to be determined. So many folks wait until they get into a difficult, difficult situation before they are determined they're going to win. Don't wait till you get to a circumstance. Determine it now. Determine now to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Determine now to know Him, to know whose you are. Determine now that you're an overcomer. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We shouldn't wait for a circumstance or situation to start saying that, to start believing that. We should be saying it now. I'm an overcomer. I overcome in every situation Christ is overcome, therefore I am an overcomer. Revelation 12:11. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Determine now 
You know, the, the, the goal when they walk into their locker rooms on training day and the beginning of the season, they're not just kind of there going, well, I wonder what we're going to do this year, right? Uh, some coaches probably bring out past trophies. Some coaches probably, this is what we're going for. They know their purpose. They know their goal. They know what they're working for. Do you know yours? Do you know who you belong to? Are you determined this is the way life is going to be? I really, I, I really, and I know this dates me and it'll date some of you, but I, and I don't remember all the words of the song, but was it Doris Day used to sing, K Sarah Sarah? What will be, will be. And it has such a wonderful, flowy little tune. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. Now, see, I can't do as good a job as she did, but whatever will be, will be. No, as believers in Christ, you have a destiny. As believers in Christ, we have a purpose. There's a plan that God has for our lives. And the only way we're going to know that plan is by spending time in His presence, by knowing Him, by being determined. And then by taking Paul's words and pressing on. The the Scriptures tell us, run your race. The Scriptures tell us, fight the good fight of faith. The Scriptures tell us, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. The Scriptures tell us, be strong and of good courage. Don't be dismayed. The Scriptures tell us, to stand. Since God is for you, who can be against you? I want to pray for us this morning. Father, I just thank you so much for restoring hope in people's lives today, for restoring dreams, awakening dreams. That's the word that came to my heart last night. Awaken dreams, awaken purpose strengthen your people today, Lord, as we press in to know you, as we allow your spirit to give us dreams, to show us purpose and destiny, to restore hope, to bring the understanding of your grace and your power in and through our lives. That, Lord, we know someday we're going to stand before you and see you face to face. And, Lord, may we make our time on this earth effective for your kingdom to help others, help others come to know Thank you, Lord, for this day, the big game day and all the hullabaloo that goes along with it. But, Lord, we we thank you for athletes. We thank you for men like we've heard from today that are using their platform to touch others. And, And, Lord, may we not get lost in that in feeling like, well, their platform is so much bigger. But may we see our lives as a platform purpose and the direction in serving you and honoring you and reflecting you to this world that we live in today. In Jesus' name, amen.